Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? Uh-huh, sure. You know, you look kind of familiar. Yeah, you do too. I just wanted to know, do you know a podcast named The Podcast Is Mine? Oh, I know that podcast. I just wanted to let you know that it's mine. No, no, it's mine. Hello and welcome to The Podcast Is Mine. I'm Bhushan Kumar. And I'm Sunny Grohl. And this is season two of wow. TPIN. Yay! It's like another wave of COVID. Yay! You didn't see this coming, <laughs> did you? You didn't see it. We snuck up on you from behind. <laughs> and we're all in lockdown again. <laughs> so a, a very warm welcome to everybody joining us from season one. So Thank you, everyone. all our returning passengers. So we've got repeat business, which is brilliant. And um, if you are new to the podcast, a very warm welcome to you too. We are so happy to have everybody. This is like massive achievement accomplishment. We weren't expecting even season one. So this is even better. Sitting here in season two, it's amazing. And, you know, as per the requirements of when you do a season two, we've had a bit of a glow up. We have indeed. Well, I mean, we're waiting to get our haircuts and spray tans (laughs) (laughs) and wardrobe. (laughs) We need wardrobe. You know, very skimpy skirts and like, you know, have you always noticed that when they do season two, everyone has like, um, everyone gets a spray tan. They all get into shape and they're like ready to like hit the runway. Yeah. We were already at that stage. We were at that stage. Exactly. Now we're on um, a really strict diet. We are. We are. uh, Cuba cheese. (laughs) (laughs) When we feel faint. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But um, yeah, so uh, we've uh, so as part of our glow up, we've got some exciting kind of new developments, haven't okay, we? We've t- actually got a really good season coming up. I'm really excited about what we've got. Bushan, it's so exciting. The number of episodes we've got and the content and the quality is just, I think we're taking it to another level. I think we are. This is like already our high fashion cycle. Oh, wow. I like, can't wait for it. And the men are in this cycle as well. Oh my God, yeah, yes, exactly. So just, they waited so long with ANTM, but we didn't wait. And we dropped the height requirement as well. <laughs> <laughs> which part <laughs> yes so um we want to thank a couple of people well we actually want to thank a particular person don't we yeah thank you push and i really appreciate you showing your gratitude for me <laughs> excuse me <laughs> just let me remind you that the po- so for people who've just joined the podcast the podcast is, is mine <laughs> we wanted to give a massive shout out and thank you to ben enderby Yay. who's very kind and eleanor obviously as well back for lending us um, an incredible microphone to be able to record season two. We are eternally grateful. It's a beautiful um, piece of kit, honestly. And it, yeah, thank you so, so much. And we really appreciate your support. We also want to give a huge shout out to Samsung because we have a major development for season Pushin, two. And tell me about the story about this because yeah. it's changed now. So the Diary of a Zone on Ho was hefty, big. It was a big leather, leather tome. And, mm. Mm, you know, it was like the Magna Carta. <laughs> but it's been digitized now so we now wow. have this very swish samsung galaxy tablet um so the diary of his own one home will now be yeah digitized essentially so the old but you know before extinction rebellion like get on top of us and be like you know oh my god what did you do with the old one um, there's a museum in Berlin which has requested <laughs> Secret Diary of a Zone One Ho for season one. So that's going to be archived and will be able to be read by people. We're going to go visit that museum soon. Exactly. When we can travel again, uh, that's precisely what we'll be doing. But I think it's time now so to open a new tab. So before, remember how okay. we had pages? Yeah. That's all about the tabs. Ooh, so did you want me to open? Okay, just open a new tab up. If you, in case you see in the microphone, so good, you didn't hear that tap tap. You didn't hear it. <laughs> Even though I've got the little stylus. It's like oh my God, you've got a stylus. I mean, they... I've got a stylus. I'm taking it out. I'm taking it out. I it's also got one of those old people covers that, you know, that flaps over. <laughs> this is a keyboard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought it was like one of those, you know, those people on holiday. Like, I, 
<laughs> they use it to take photos. You take the photos and then oh they, they have like God. a cover which flaps over. <laughs> Those flaps. <laughs> um, so, yes, our opening our tab. So our first entry into the Secret Diary of a Zone 1 Hope season two. So I, I know a lot of people are listening to... So if you're listening in 2021, you will know that we are still in lockdown. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're probably listening to Escape, so I promise you we won't be talking for too long about this. Um, but yeah, we are pretty much still in the midst of a pandemic yeah. and it's been a long, tough winter. So if you're listening beyond 2021, if you could send a cyborg with someone to let us know <laughs> how it turns out, just so that we know it's going to be okay. <laughs> we are still thinking to ourselves, we're going to be out of this for the next few months. And we thought that last year and we weren't. No. So let's just, let's just accept it. This mm. is our lives now. Precisely. No, it's, it's, it's not lockdown, but like having to go through this and just dealing with uncertainty. It's so true. I mean, like, even though we've got a great vaccine program going on and people are getting vaccinated, which is wonderful, mm. and, you know, lockdown <laughs> restrictions are being eased, at the same time, there, I think COVID-19 is that unwelcome guest that is going to be here forever. And it's how we kind of, like, manage yeah. it and navigate it. Because yeah. I, I keep thinking about all those amazing countries like Taiwan, New Zealand, China, Vietnam, yeah. who managed it without a vaccine, you yeah. know. And, like, they kind of... And now that they've got the vaccine, that's, like, an extra layer of security. Whereas um, us here in... Because the other thing, like, my, um, I was also thinking about... Um, I read this amazing article in the Financial oh, Times. And it was this writer talking about how COVID has been a success for science and a failure for politics so in terms of science um back in december 2019 when they first found out about you know they identified mm. covid19 mm. within a month they came up with a vaccine which is unheard of in science but was when, it as soon as Jan yeah that they found a vaccine they found a vaccine they identified the strain in december 2019 and they were like do you know what we're gonna find it they all the scientific community all came together yeah and they created this vaccine wow. to kind of deal with it Politically, of course, it was a big failure because none of the countries were cooperating. Everyone's trying to do their own thing. Obviously, here in the UK, our leaders were completely ignoring what was going on. Mm. And it came right to our doorstep. And then kind of here we are yeah. right now. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been a kind of challenging time. Probably one of the most challenging winters we've ever lived through, I'd say. Yes, really, really tough. I thought the first two lockdowns, we when I listened back to some of the episodes we did... I just think there was a sense of um, novelty about it, being in lockdown and getting to see people in a different way and doing different things with our time. But that's okay when you're outside and able to see people safely outside. In winter, there's no option. It was so frustrating. I found it really difficult. I, I actually I felt afraid of telling people I found it difficult because I thought, I've been fine all these other lockdowns. Why am I not okay now? Is there something that I should be you know, doing differently, what, what am I doing wrong? And then I just thought, I just need to tell people. And as soon as I did that, every single person I know, if whether or not they lived alone, have other half, kids, mm. whatever the situation was, they all were struggling. And I thought, ah, oh, it's not just me. It's okay. It's everyone. And then as soon as that happened and I kind of put it out into the world, I just felt way better. Yeah, completely agree. It was so much easier to... Um once we knew that everybody else was going through that as well so that's our kind of first entry i mean like it's quite of a it's a bit of a downbeat entry but i promise you the rest of the no. entries will not be as downbeat we're just recognizing that we're all going through this exactly and, yeah. and acknowledging this point in time because i think it is going to be weird when we come back to it in the future and we'll be like we oh, said that last year bush and we're still going through this <laughs> so for season three, for season three we're still in lockdown <laughs> hello like you know all right so let's close that tab and let's move on to today's topic so sunny what is 
is today's episode called? It is called How Sweet Home Represents on one home. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> uh, and the question is to buy or not to buy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And many of us are either dreaming of buying a place to call our own or are already making our way up the property ladder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but is buying a house really the right move for everybody? And are we all obsessed with becoming landlords and landladies? Get out of my bar. <laughs> <laughs> or is a property the best investment you could ever make? And what, what about buying in London? Sky high prices, fierce competition. What is a bona fide zone one hope meant to do? I ask you. So we look at this through our dual perspectives. So me... As a homeowner, he was the queen of his castle, Mm -hmm. whilst Bushin lives with his parents and is considering whether to buy or rent as his next move. Oh, and a quick disclaimer, so nothing that we are saying is constituting advice. It's his general discussion, and as always, if you're considering buying a property, it goes without saying that you should seek appropriate guidance and counsel from a verified professionals. Absolutely. So if you come and try and sue us, we will cut, no, no, we counter sue. Yeah. We'll bankrupt you. We'll be verified soon, but right now we can't. Exactly. But no, we will counter sue for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we will take legal aid if we have to. <laughs> but it will happen. So don't come for us. Don't, yeah, because we will come for you. So Sunny, let's talk about your journey. What was your journey to becoming a homo owner? A homo owner. So that's a really good question. I was trying to think back to when did when does the journey start? Because it's not like one day you just switch on and say, now I'm going to go buy, a, you know, property. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. I know as a kid, I always thought, oh, one day I'll have my home. Like, you know, when your parents, you think back to when your, your parents bought their first home and they tell, told me the story about it. And I just thought, oh, I'll do that one day. And then when I started university i remember i can't remember if it was a careers counselor or someone that was meant to give advice and guidance but clearly not putting it in any kind of you know nice package she mm-hmm. just said to us she's like oh enjoy london while you can because you'll never get to afford to live there after university and i was like mm-hmm. i'm going to ucl and mm. i'm doing maths and i'm not going to be able to afford to live in london yeah and what is this all for I thought, oh, okay. So I was so not used to that kind of sentiment of you can't achieve something. or And I just thought, oh, well, no, I will do that if mm-hmm. I want. And then obviously I loved living in London as a university student. And then I stuck around after uni and it just became a thing that, yes, one day I wanted to buy somewhere to live. But that ho- it didn't happen in my 20s. It took until my early 30s before I bought because in, in London it is such a different beast as well in terms of getting on the ladder. It's Prices are obviously so much higher. And I know everyone talks about London waiting, but that does definitely not help. It no. does not help. <laughs> so it was a long process of renting and compromising. I think I had to tell myself, what do I really want? As I went through like, my, my 20s, like, it wasn't a focus for me. It was like, yes, one day I'll buy. And then it just, time just goes by and you start thinking, actually, should I now be thinking about getting on the ladder? And that's when I started taking little steps to understand what does that process look like? So I think if I was going into it pretty suddenly without any idea of what the process looks like, it would be really intimidating and daunting because there is a lot of, there's a huge process. We We can talk about that today. But I eased myself into it. I started to understand slowly that, okay, you 
when you apply for a mortgage, you need to have a deposit. And I remember in like the late 2000s, early, yeah, late 2000s, early 20 um, teens, um, you could get um, really good mortgages, like uh, in excess of the value of the property, which I thought was such a strange concept. And then we had the credit crisis, but that just went away. So I remember kind of thinking in 08, just after I graduated, a little after, thinking, oh, I've missed the boat now of getting a property that's worth more than what I can afford, let's say, in terms of that multiple that you have. So I kept thinking, oh, damn, I've missed out. So then you just, sometimes with those things, you just come to terms with it and think, fine, it'll happen in another way. But then I was renting for, you know, all of my 20s and then my friends when I got to my late 20s a lot of my friends started buying places and they were in very different circumstances to me their parents were able to help them or you know they came into an inheritance from a family member or something and there were reasons why they were getting on the ladder and I didn't necessarily think oh it should be my turn now but I thought okay I should put a little bit more time into it and that's when I started thinking okay let me think about the areas I want to live in and I just couldn't ever get comfortable not being his own one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can definitely relate to this, Bush. And in terms of, it's hard, isn't it? When you have mm. such a connection to a place that you want to live and that doesn't feel like it's achievable, it felt hard because my friends were saying to me, oh, come around to this area, come to this area. And I thought, well, none of, and we've talked about this in terms of, you know, what it means to be his own one home. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really have any connection because I grew up in the Midlands to a particular place place in London to want to kind of start making a home mm. so that was difficult to kind of compromise in that sense um but yeah so that's that was kind of how it, it kind of um started quite organically and slowly and I built on it mm -hmm. and then as I started to kind of get to a stage where I was building up a deposit because I needed a deposit mm. over time I started to realize by doing some calculations, doing some number crunching of what I could afford, using those calculators. One of the websites mm. that, you know, everyone probably knows, Martin Lewis's website yeah. is very good. Mm. There's so much really good practical advice on there. But I started putting numbers in and realizing, or talking to my friends, I just remembered a conversation I was having with one of my friends. We were like multiplying the numbers out um, for, you know, for a mortgage and then our deposit. And then there's all these schemes like help to buy and shared ownership and 5% 5% deposits, all these different things, I realized that actually now I'm getting a clearer sense of what is affordable and how long I need to wait before I can get what I need. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so then in, in terms of property bushing, what is your experience? Wow. Well, first, I just want to say, like, um, I, I was listening and absorbing that because I think you've hit on so many points, like organically, that we're going to discuss. Okay, great. And it's really funny as well how um, even though our kind of experiences and circumstances are completely different there's so much there that resonates yeah. like with what yeah. you were saying um my journey was kind of similar so um to, if you're new to the podcast you won't know so and i, was, oh, I know what's well, coming exactly so and if you're playing along at home take a sip where of water so i was born in central london <laughs> and i was born in the same hospital as Prince William, who we are, yeah, we're, we're, don't worry, William, we're coming to you in later episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your back is all I'm saying. Um, I was born in London and born in central London and I live with my parents and I still do. And uh, it, for example, you know, there's a lot of kind of like reasons for that, like in terms of like culturally, mm -hmm. like in, in South Asian culture, living great. with your parents is quite normal, like, yeah. you know, for a, a long time. And I did think to myself that I was going to live with my parents forever, mm. like in that respect, like, you know, so I didn't really think about buying a property for a very, very long time. So I, uh, in my 20s, was kind of struggling to find permanent work because mm. I chose to work in the media. 
and it was really hard. It was that conundrum of not having, uh, sorry, not conundrum, quandary rather, mm. that if you didn't have experience, you couldn't get a job, or if you didn't know somebody, you couldn't get a job. But then at the same time, if you didn't have the job or the experience, then you wouldn't meet anybody who you could. So uh, this all kind of came to a head in 2008 when I finally got a, um, a staff job with a media company and I was able to kind of, um, you know, ha- have like, you know, regular income coming in and stuff. Um, and then, of course, during that, when that happened, uh, the big recession happened. The Lehman Brothers crashed and, the, you know, then the media company was suddenly, suddenly going to axe 900 jobs. So I was worried, like, will my job be safe? And I thought, to my, and also I had no money at that point as well. So I was thinking to myself, well, look, I need to build up savings and things. Like that. But again, property wasn't really on my mind. And I thought to myself, with the recession and stuff, I was lucky to have a mm. job. Um, so maybe I won't think about buying a property. And then I think what changed for me was in my early 30s, where um, my life was quite busy. And like, although I'm very lucky to live with my parents, and like, especially during these lockdowns and yeah, during course. the pandemic, that, yeah, that yeah. I can be there for them. I did think to myself, do you know what? I really do want some space of my own. And... I, uh, but, but what happened was when I started saving and I, you know, like yourself, I kind of instilled these saving goals and I yeah. thought to myself, right, I'm going to save enough for a deposit. Cause I was also told when I was about 18, I remember when I got my student loan and a family friend said to me, go and put that down as a deposit for a house. And I was like, it's so Asian. It's such an Asian thing to do. But at the age, of, and at the age of eighteen, I was like, well, I am buying a house. Yeah, I am going to be like a slave. But actually, just like you said, where you could put down any amount of uh, money and you could um, buy a house that was well beyond your means. But after two thousand eight, what I found was happening was I was saving for like two thousand and eight rates. But housing yeah. prices were rising and rising and rising, but my salary wasn't. And then I was doing all the kind of steps that you know, people advise you to do. So I was trying to upskill. I was looking, I was benchmarking my salary. I was trying to get into like a managerial position, all of these things. Um, and then there was like various circumstances, various factors where it, it didn't happen. And even when I did kind of climb the salary ladder, mm. by then the, the, you know, the, the kind of, like, of the properties, the threshold, yeah, yeah, have gone through the roof. And so it became this situation. And like yourself as well, like because I've, um, London is my home like there's reason that you know as we discussed in our London episode like you know I can't really see myself living anywhere else and I'm from here as well so it's not like I've got a somewhere else that I can go to and buy a property sometimes that is just as much of an <laughs> entrance because it's like I'm not going back to the business <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's like kind of like what uh you know I can't buy a property and also because like as again I'm a native zone one ho so where you know buying outside like recently I was looking at kind of like properties on the coast or like you know with an hour or hour yeah. to commute from Bright- Brighton's just as expensive as here exactly and then also the whole commute thing as well I mean like the pa- with the pandemic we've been quite True. you know it's kind of taught us that you can work remotely and you can you know you don't need to be in the office every day Mm. but having said that even with that in mind I still want to be in London because this is what I know this is what I love this is like this is my place like you know hot pot we want to be in there yeah Yeah. absolutely so we want to be a part of it so um I think that was that's pretty much my journey and that's kind of led me to this point and this um I uh, about a couple of years ago I went to one of these like road shows where they were talking about help to buy and Mm. you know um was it there's help to buy there's the five percent deposit um, shared ownership shared ownership oh, yeah. share, and shared ownership and like what you find is most of these schemes don't work for the singleton no. like you know if you are uh, I remember like at the shared ownership show because <laughs> there's no discretion there whatsoever and there's this family of like in front of me uh, because you had to go to your particular borough yeah. and then you'd get because it, it varies from borough to borough which is like ridiculous 
And this man stood in front of me and he was like, um, oh, I'm a teacher. And my wife is a, um, I can't remember what job he said. Mm. It was like a skilled job. And he said, our collective um, income is 40K. And I was like, oh my God, you're t- like, I know how much you earn. Like, you know. Yeah, it's um, not very public. And they had three children with them as well. And they were like, we're looking to buy a three bedroom house and we want a garden. And, you know, we want to uh, buy like a 25%. You know, there was the whole shared ownership yeah. thing. They were looking to buy 25%. And I was listening into their circumstances and I was thinking, well, this works for them because obviously they've got three children. They want the house and the garden and it's not something that would easily come to, you know, this works for them. But for me, when I, when I was talking to the person and they were like, oh, yes, yeah, so you'd need this deposit. And I was like, well, I've got a bigger deposit than I need yeah. for that 25%. I was like, what if I want to buy the 75%? Yeah. <laughs> or what if I want to buy it outright? And they're like, oh, well, no, you can't buy it outright. Oh, yeah, because the yeah. Share, there's so much limits. You can staircase after you've bought it. but So you can, like, you can you, first you buy your 25% share. That's it. Then you buy your next share. Then you buy up to 75%. Yeah. And you can't buy any further than that. And then also extricating yourself from it is a real pain it's in the ass. It's very ours. difficult. Because I remember we, I just had a flashback to us in Pizza Express. Yes, do you remember, remember that conversation? Yes, this, yes. this now? So that was about two, three years ago. That's exactly what I was going to, yeah, Aww, I was going to mention. That was, so what we did was Bush and was like, I think I just maybe found a place or was looking to buy it. Yeah, I, I don't think, think I'd, I'd gone the ladder at that point. No, I? I think you were looking and like, and I told you that I was interested and you yeah, said, you, listen girl, I've done process. all my research yes, and stuff. because we were talking about shared ownership. Oh, that's it. So this is probably more than three years. It's probably fine. I was started looking at shared ownership in with a lot of detail hmm. about that time ago because I kept thinking this is probably possible. But then some of the rules, there's so many different rules that you need to follow. And one of them was you had to buy a new build. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, then which new build is going to qualify? Because a lot of them don't actually sign up. I think the actual developer has to sign up to the scheme. And a lot of them weren't doing it. So I just thought, this is useless because I'm stuck in a very small criteria that I can only meet in other parts of the UK, which it just doesn't, it didn't work. It was frustrating. So I Mm. thought that's not going to happen. And then I started looking into the shared ownership um, option and that was just as hard. And then when I looked at the renter was paying on the bit that I didn't own, I thought, wow, this is not an incentive. Well, this is that really blew my mind because not only was there like the rent to pay, but then you'd also have service charge because like you'd be living oh, in a new yes. build where it had been maintained. And then obviously, as we now know, I mean, one of the big topics for kind of like our generation at the moment, everyone who's bought new builds, uh, the cladding, you yeah, know, the, the rental, and like you know, these buildings are not really compliant, and then. The government obviously has washed its hands of it and saying like, you know, well, it's the residents who need to do, you know. Which is not fair because look what happened with Grenfell and it's like, and they can't, these people can't afford to, what are they meant to do in these situations? Yeah, and Grenfell's still, and by the way, Grenfell has still not been rectified. Have they not? No, there are still people who are living in um, accommodation, you know, waiting to be rehoused. And I mean, it's an absolute travesty and especially because that's my area. I was like just going to say that's nearby where you live because yeah. whenever I go to Carnival, it's yeah. like in that area. You see it there and like, you know, you still go past the building and like it's you know it's a covered scaffolding it's got the green grenfell but it, it just every time you see it you just remember how those people were let down and Sorry. it kind of does represent the kind of housing crisis that kind of like um that we're in so i mean you know what are how did you find the process of buying uh when you actually did so when you so you know when you knew, when you found the one yeah. what was the process that you went through it's kind of like dating isn't it, it? It's like, it oh very much is yeah so what i did i spent a lot of time using apps to um to find the property so um, <laughs> just like dating so yeah so no change there on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry we're talking about houses no. um so i use right move and um what's the other one 
there's another one that's a really famous. I've forgotten the name now. Um, but Zoopla? Zoopla. That's yeah. the purple I was yeah. thinking of. And I, I did that for years where I was just kind of, I'd dip into it and dip out of it. I'd spend maybe a month or so getting really obsessed and thinking, oh my God, I found a place. And then realizing I can't afford it. So I'll just have to keep waiting. And it goes back to the point you mentioned in terms of trying to find a way to progress in your career to get, you know, on a ladder that, you know, onto a, a, an earnings um, threshold that gives you that capacity to buy something that's in, in, in the right bracket. And I remember thinking, okay, I'll just keep looking. And then I got a sense of what the prices were for what I wanted. Yeah. And I, I got to a, pl- a place where I thought, okay, now I think that is achievable in the next kind of couple of years. So I started to kind of think, okay, n- now I know what I need to do. I just need to make sure my deposit is to the level I need it. And then I'd start looking on apps here and there. I'd look in maybe six months and then not look at it again for six months. And then I got to the point where I was like, now I'm close and ready to buy. Mm-hmm. I'll start seeing places. So um, one of my friends had just bought probably a year or two before me. And she said, oh, if you want, I remember going through that process. I'll come with you to a viewing if you want or any of them. And I said, oh, okay, fine. And, and they don't live too far. So we um, booked one in straight after work, headed out and over to, to do the viewing. And I remember kind of coming in and I, I saw it on the app and thought, this looks good. It's mm-hmm. like the kind of spec I want. And then I came in through the gardens and I was like, this is really nice. And then we went up to the apartment and I thought, this is, you know, when you're, it's like a first date yeah. when you're like, I can't come across 2K because <laughs> yeah. they're going to know I want it. Mm-hmm. So it was just trying to be really like cool. And my friend was trying to do this. I think we agreed, both of us, to not, to, to play it cool yeah. and not be too keen if it was good. Mm. And then we were both loving it. And she was like doing little videos for me while I was just trying to like check things out in the apartment. And I thought, okay, this is good. I like this one. And then we left and we were sat in a park and and my friend was like, oh, you know what you need to do? Just let's keep seeing more. This is the first one. And it, even though it wasn't the first one I'd ever seen, mm. I'd seen quite a few when I went on that kind of shared ownership kind of route. And But all of them I didn't like a lot of the time because they just either just were too expensive or were just not the right spec. It just felt wrong. So it didn't ever feel like a proper viewing. And I had never really gone through the process of going to an estate agent and saying, will drive you around and let you see different places because I it gave me flashbacks to being at uni when we used this letting agent called um, Black Cats. Okay. They are such, honestly, they are so, they're just not compliant, basically. Yeah. With <laughs> Fraudulent. Any, yeah, they're, they're, there's so many things that they do that is just underhand. And I remember them showing us all these really dodgy, rough-looking places that were not in our spec. They just drive you around because they have to make sure people get viewings mm-hmm. and they, they just wanted to tick boxes. So I always had that in the back of my mind. And I know that was renting, but it mm. still didn't feel like I wanted to go through that. So yeah. I thought, I'll be in control of the process. I'll pick to look at the places I want. And actually, we are, we're in a world where we have Google Maps and yeah. Street View. So you can check <laughs> by walking down that street on Google Google Maps yeah. Street View and be like, I don't want to go down there. Mm. It's not it's not for me. And I thought when I get to a place that I think is cool for me, we'll go see it. And that's yeah. when I, and yeah, that's probably not the way everyone would approach it. Some people would say, oh, let's just go see. So yeah. if you've got an, an open spec, then just go get taken to places and see what you do and don't like. Mm-hmm. And then I remember leaving. And so we were sat in the park and she was like, look, Sonny, this is the first one. And I know you really like it, but we've got to see some more. So mm-hmm. okay, let's, let's go see some more. So we did see more. And they were nice as well. But mm. 
I kept thinking of this one and I remember walking down the street and we were talking about how good the one that I'd just seen with my friend was and she was like, I'm standing, I know what you're doing and I was like, what? And she's like, you're thinking about the one that you <laughs> saw initially, aren't you? And I was like, a little bit. And she was like, just put it out of your mind. Just just don't think about it. We've got to focus on new ones. We mm. can't go to just, you can't just sit on the first. No. And she wasn't saying the first isn't the right one. It was more a case of just think about what your options are. There may be things that could challenge your kind of perception of what is right and wrong. And then as soon as she said, put it out your mind, <laughs> we walked past. And we were in another part of this area yeah. that I live in. And there, there was a street name that had the same name of this building that I live in. I was like... And I looked at her, I was like, it's a sign, it's a sign. And she was like, oh my God. She was like, no, don't do that. Let's just, go. It was, we were laughing. Yeah. I was like, I really think I need to go see it again. Mm. So we went back. So I went back actually by myself that time, the next time. And before I called, I remember speaking to the um, real estate agent and he said, because I couldn't find it on the app anymore. And I was like, where has it gone? Is it mm. sold? And it had been like three weeks or so. And I thought, shit. It sold. And I remember that she was saying to me, like, when you find something you like, you just need to quickly buy yeah. it kind of thing. Jump so I was it. okay. But that was the first one. So you don't take that yeah. approach on the first one. So I thought, oh, crap, I missed it. So I called the guy up and I said, remember that place you showed me? And he was like, oh, yeah, the owner took it off the market. And I was like, oh, oh why? And she and he said, oh, someone had said it was listed too low. And so they took it off <laughs> and they've relisted it for oh. a higher price. And I was like, oh, great. Uh, can I just say, because of Selling Sunset, we know what that means. We do. <laughs> you know, he was just... You should have gone straight to escrow. <laughs> and I remember thinking oh shit so he said it's going to relist again he said he actually had an offer like shortly after you saw it and I was like oh what happened he said oh that the owner turned it down because he thought he could get more and I thought oh great that means I'm going to have to now make a bigger offer when it came when it relisted mm. so then I did some negotiating and he was I was in the flat with him when I saw it the second time and he was like texting the owner saying I'm just going to see what the owner thinks of this mm-hmm. and I thought you are sending a message to your second phone. I was yeah. like, you ain't messaging anyone. <laughs> you are just doing a really bad, like, negotiation. Well, not bad negotiation, but you know that. Yeah. It was so staged. I was like, I was like I've was i seen these shows before. It's like, I, watch, I know reality I like, TV. <laughs> you know I mean? And I thought, I've done this at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm just going to put you on hold. Yeah. <laughs> but then I just thought, oh, God, I want it. So whatever. So I, we agreed an amount. And he said, yeah, he's happy to proceed. So then that was when it all kind of started to kind of take the process of actually buying. And then there's more stages in terms of getting your lender in line because mm-hmm. I'd already spoken to my um, bank about mm-hmm. what they would lend me. Yeah. So I had something called a mortgage in principle. So that is effectively saying the bank confirmed that, yes, in principle, they should be able to lend you this yeah. much, but we'd need to do all the stress testing to confirm that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, because what, what I was really kind of like listening out for as well was like, because you're quite, um, I think the thing with property buying is like when you know someone who's been through it and yeah. quite recently as so well, because like there are like some uh, families and some people who are very lucky that they have people who buy, kind of like buy properties all the time. And they're very au fait with like what you should do and what you shouldn't the terminology. do. The terminology. And like you said, like the negotiation techniques and there's a lot of admin as well, isn't there? Like there's, I remember like there was a couple once in a place I worked and they were buying a house and they both worked in like separate departments across, like, you know, from either side of the floor. Like one worked in my team, one was in the other team. And they would keep having to come across to each other and call each other and just be like, right, I've uh, phoned the surveyor or I've done this or I've done that. And, and like, you know, they had like a big email group and I was like, bloody hell, I didn't realise there was so 
so much involved in it. But I also think as well, it's great that, and because I've, it's fu- so funny you mentioned the Pizza Express conversation because that was so helpful for me. And I generally mean that because at that stage, I was like, I was that naive person who would have been like, right, I'm going to go to the estate agent, you know, drive me around and be like, oh, this is. I think it can be helpful. But, for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what was uh, very apparent is that you knew what you wanted. You knew, yes. you, you had a spec. And I think that's so, so important. It is, yeah. And I think it's that whole idea of like, when you are good at whatever you're good, you know, whatever you're good at, you apply that to everything in your life. So if you yeah. know what you want, it's bringing that. But also, don't you think as well, buying a property, it's all about kind of like your state of mind and kind of like where you are in life at that point in time. So sometimes you might be that um, it's just not the right time for you. Like you may have like the money in the bank and, you know, you may know that you want to live vaguely in this area, but it's just not the right time for you to move. Whereas other times, like like you said, like you knew straight away when you saw this place, this is going to be the place for me. Yeah. And as your friend said, put it out of your mind. You're like, I can't get it out of my mind. And then, yeah, we saw this. And you, in terms of that, but I completely agree for some reason I mean I don't really love life admin yeah. I mean because I think at work you just have to be so on top of everything and you know when we come away from work sometimes my personal I know you are like the the king of like admin like you are like well so, you know you are you <laughs> yeah, nail yeah. it on project management all that stuff and that's just so natural you can embody it in your personal life too mm-hmm. whereas for me i get out of work i'm like i don't want to deal with stuff it's yeah. like i just want it done quickly you yeah. know so i thought this is going to be really cumbersome my friends were like oh my god there's so much admin blah blah and I didn't find it that hard. I just thought this is actually doable. You just need to have an understanding of what it is that you need to go through in terms of the steps. And I just knew I needed to get a mortgage. Yeah. I needed to make sure I had appointed a solicitor. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of having a um, a mortgage broker, I had a chat with one. I realized that I didn't need one. I can mm. do it myself. So actually for someone who is not someone that loves doing that kind of life admin kind of role, I, I did it without a broker. So I think, again, don't underestimate your capabilities when it comes to this. Because my friend, I remember speaking to her, she was just like, oh, you know, I really want to, you know, be around if you have... And she's so kind, saying, yeah. like, you know, been, I know it's hard going through this, but doing it alone is probably difficult. And I thought, yeah, definitely, happy to... And I got her, I would kind of stress test things with her. And she'd be like, Sunny, you're just, you're doing it. Just carry on as you are, yeah. like you're nailing it. So I thought, actually, I can do this. It's just making sure you do that research. So I just made sure I went to the right resources, like Martin Lewis's website. Mm-hmm. Another club. Martin Lewis, it's very good. Yeah. He's, He's really so good. I watch his show as well, The Half Hour. Like First, I didn't, I have to be honest, when I first started watching, I was just like, can he stop shouting? Just He's talk so normal. passionate. But the whole reason he does it is because like, it does stay, you know when he talks about paying off your credit card, in full, like, you know, all the time. And I always hear that when I pay my credit card and I'm like, that is a good strategy. He gives such good advice to people and I just think, as long as you get some of those guides, speak to people that have already been through that process, like you said, and like I did, share my knowledge with you, that helped me understand things a little bit better on what other people think when they go through certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Like It made me realise that, yes, I'm happy to pay for a service charge in a block because I thought, oh, there's other perks of it. But then actually in other ways, it made me think that means I'm using up money that I could spend on other stuff. So I had to kind of go through that process process of what do i want to compromise on yeah um but yeah it is a big admin burden but everyone can get through it it's true so then moving on do you think society is kind of like so you know because there's a big onus on becoming a homeowner and like having your own Mm. property and you know it gives you security and then like one of the things that's often bandied about is um oh well you know you you pay less for a mortgage than you do for rent because rent is just mm. paying somebody else's um, kind of income. So do you think society is wrong to look down upon renting? I think that is wrong because years ago, what one of my friends 
um, because when I was at uni, her mum said to us when we were like, oh, we need to save to buy something. She was like, you're paying. We were in, we were still at uni. Mm -hmm. We're a year after uni. And she was like, you're paying for your freedom. Enjoy it. And I, that resonated with me. I thought, wow, I like that concept, paying for your freedom, because you're not tied down. You can move whenever you want. You're not putting that pressure on yourself to think, crap, I need to make sure I pay my mortgage every month. Mm -hmm. And I'm tied down. I can't. I don't know, spend my money on other things that I want. And, you know, mortgage can be cheap. It depends on, depending on what you're buying. Mm. My mortgage is more than my rent. But then that was a compromise I had. It was, it's not as simple as that. That's why I think you, I wouldn't worry too much about this pressure. Yeah. There are lots of places in Europe that people just never buy. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, isn't it in Germany and um, in the Nordics, there's a, a real culture of, like, you're actually not a homeowner because it's actually more of a headache to be in a, a homeowner than it is to rent. And I think as well that um, it really does depend on your landlord. Um, I've, uh, I remember at work, like having colleagues who had really shitty landlords and they would get really stressed, like, you know, the boiler was broken for days on end in oh, winter. Or, you know, um, a door. I remember once there was a friend of mine who was texting his landlord and he was saying, oh, look, the door, there's a door broken. And it was a really cold winter. And the landlord was like, well, move out then. And it was like, hang on a minute. I've signed a contract with you and everything. Like, you know, this is your duty. And like, even like living with my parents as well, our neighbours next door to us, they, uh, the landlord there is, um, he's installed like a, he installed some plumbing of his own, like an extra toilet. No, not fun plumbing, I'm afraid. Oh. He installed like a toilet in somewhere where it shouldn't be. And our kitchen's been, our kitchen wall got fl has been constantly flooded. And we kind of complained quite a lot. We um, took it to the council. We took it to every, we, we went to all possible things. And, the, you know, he kept putting us off with excuses. And then, like, obviously with the pandemic, he's like, oh, well, now the pandemic's here. I can't get anyone to come and fix it. Luckily, it stopped, but there's been a lot of damage done to it. And it just makes me think that if you've got a crappy landlord, it can, you know, it really does make... It makes your life hell. And it's, so, and it's quite scary as well, isn't it? Because then you're like, then you can't rely on that place. You know, and it's you, your home. Yeah. So your home yeah. and it's yeah it can be really hard so i i think yeah i think it would be really great to see the government kind of give renting a bit more of a kind of you know controlled rents and well, you know in new york they have that concept don't they, they do. we have it here as well so we have we so um when my parents first came to uh the uk mm. uh we used to live in a flat and i can't believe the rent was like 54 pounds a week wow. a week for a two-bedroom in central london oh, um, and even like the other house that we then moved to three bedroom when my younger brother uh, was born, that was 89 pounds a week. And then there was like, <laughs> <own> <laughs> I mean, 89 pounds is the cost of a coffee and, <laughs> and, a, and a cookie right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you drop Wait, 80, discount? Discount, like you can drop 89 pounds in a day <laughs> in London, not doing anything. <laughs> it's, an it's so true. It's like, but what did you do? I just went out to get a cup of coffee. And literally, I just stepped out the door. Eighty-nine pounds, please. It's like, oh god. Like, do you take credit card? Like, you know, it's madness. So, um, so do you think it is harder to buy a property in London than it is outside of London? I definitely think it's harder in terms of the like the prices. I mean, there's other cities that just are as expensive, Brighton, um, Edinburgh, but. Um, even with lockdown, I know everyone's been saying, oh, everyone's moving out. And yet there are people changing and adapting how they will work and live. Yeah. This is always going to be an melting pot. And it's going to always be a magnet for really creative, different, fun people. So I don't think it'll ever become a place where there's an exodus and there's just going to be now this is going to unlock London to everyone. Because it's a big city where, you know, it's like 
Capital of Europe. Exactly. Like, capital of the world, I had Capital of the world, exactly. I was trying to be a bit humble, but no. We, <laughs> no we, humility on this podcast, thank absolutely you. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is always going to be a place that people want to live, so I don't... It's, it's always going to be difficult. I don't think it's going to... With Brexit or with the COVID, it's not going to change, so... I think it's always going to be hard here. Hmm, um, I agree. And I think that, you know, and it's not like you're not, you're fighting for nothing. Like, you know, there is a great quality. Of, like, as we said in our London podcast, yeah, so there is such it. a great quality of life here. There is so much of it. And even during the pandemic, like, you know, not having tourists around and not having, I mean, even with everything closed, I still am in love with the city. I still you love it in a different way. Love it in a different way. And I've just ex- I found more kind of like where, a new appreciation for it and, different ways of seeing it (laughs) well i did say that in my quiz (laughs) yeah so london is amazing it really is anyway speaking of i think it's time i keep on referencing our london episode and like in our london episode remember we did that quiz (gasps) the mastermind mastermind. exactly so now you've gone through to the next round so i thought yeah and it's also i just realized it's such a south asian thing to do we're always like quizzing each other We've got to prove. It's only it's like seven times eight. Do you remember like when your mum would just like kind of drop a times table on you? Like, tell me your three times table. Tell me your six times table. Oh I remember like God. even as, like there's aunties as well and they'd be like, um, so do you know the 15 times table? And you're like, no, I don't know my fucking 15 15? times table. Yeah, it's got a calculator. Exactly. Though, it's like, I know the 12 times. I know this when it's nice and even. It's like, oh, no. I was like, I'd be like, I'm, I could double things. <laughs> be like, auntie, I know my 20 times table. I know my 50 times table. But don't ask me like an odd number or <laughs> prime number because I won't be able to help. A prime number. <laughs> oh, goodness okay. me. All right, so lights down. Okay, they're down. You're in the big leather couch. Exactly. And we're going to do this very mastermind style. So your name is? Sunny Grawl. And your occupation? Oh, God. I'll just say... Should we just use the one from last time? So it was C-E-O-C-E-Ho. Yes. For zone one. And associated territories. And your subject today, so this is the property general knowledge quiz round. <gasps> yes. So I, I need you to answer rapidly. So oh, okay. no time yeah, to think yeah, about it. Go, go, go. Um, I, I also, like, you can't see Sunny right now, but he's closed his eyes. He's gone into, he's in the zone. Like, not the Britney album, but <laughs> the actual zone. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Promiscuous, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so are we ready? Yes. Okay, so question one. What is the difference between leasehold and freehold? Um Freehold, you have unlimited entitlement to the properties. A leasehold, you lease the property or the land from someone. For a set period of time. I will accept that answer. Correct. Uh, What is an agreement in principle? Um, So this is like a mortgage in principle where they give you an idea on a caveated basis of what you can lend. Correct. Who's they? The bank. Correct. Uh, What is completion? Uh, This is the... End of the process of um, conveyancing a property. Correct. <laughs> With your terminology. Um, what is the name of the organisation which registers ownership of the land and property in England and Wales? Um, I will accept an abbreviation if you can't remember the full title. So the land registry. Correct. So, yeah, And do you know what uh, two letters come before it? H-M. Yes. And what did RuPaul say in RuPaul's Drag Race UK? He didn't want to see any fucking H&M. <laughs> <laughs> Little in-joke there for our listeners. Um, if I exchange contracts, do I own the house? No. Correct. Uh, at what amount would you pay stamp duty? Oh, I should it, know uh, this. But I'm going to give you this is a multiple this options. Rules. So 125k or 150k? So... 
it's actually higher than that at the moment because I've got a stamp duty holiday. But she, like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah. Oh, there she is with but her update. But the standard update. rule is one, two, five, yes. Yes, correct. <laughs> For the purposes of this quiz, correct. Yeah. No, you're actually Depends right. Depends when you're listening. Yeah. And also, like, our guru then, Martin Lewis, says that we shouldn't ever call it holiday because it's not a holiday. Yeah, no, there's no free holiday. Yeah. They'll build it into the price. Exactly. you still got to pay that yeah, shit. So damn right. And then your final question, <laughs> we've got through that really quickly. Wow. Um, what is an EPC? Um, energy Performance Certificate. Yes! Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! You just aced that. I love this. That's so good. I was literally like, searching out these questions. I was look, trying to look for the most obscure thing I could find. And I was like, wow, that was really good. Yeah, I feel even more proud than the last quiz. Yeah. I don't, I, that you one failed you gave that me one. Low, you gave me so <laughs> many hints on that. Was it Donna Summers? No, that was the Brandy and Monica quiz. But there was a Donna Summers. The Donna Summers one. Was, was a, was yeah, so do you remember when I said to you... Um, yeah, because it was the Brandy and Monica one where I was like, uh, oh, that, that's the first duo to get to number one since so 1979. Wow. And then I tried to ask Season, it. And then you were like it. Donna Summers. And I was like, no, uh, do you say Anne Summers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then you needed to help me a lot on that. But this one. This I, one, I you, you helped okay. me. You told me the stamp duty holiday. <laughs> I needed to know that. <laughs> that's amazing. But um, and remember what, what we said earlier, that none of this constitutes advice. It definitely so. does, because I'm not engaged. <laughs> Neither is Bush. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, if you try and sue us, we will count to sue you, <laughs> just to put it out again. So, Sunny, why don't you take it to the bridge? So, whilst buying a property is not for everyone, if it is your dream to own a home and you can afford to, then go for it. It's the greatest investment you'll ever make. Only can it give you a rare sense of security and stability, but a place to call your own can do wonders for your well-being, your sense of responsibility, and it's an important landmark in your journey through life. For some of us, renting may be the better option, and there's no shame in that. Remember, you need to do what works for you and your life, because you're fabulous, (laughs) and you are not in competition with anyone else's timeline but your own. So, so true, because like there is this whole kind of need that, like, you know, you were saying that it kind of happens like in friendship groups that everyone goes through phases and, you know, everyone seems suddenly everyone's getting married, everyone's buying a house, everyone's having a baby. And it's like, I haven't even bought like, you know, my first designer handbag yeah, yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I'm not ready to commit. You're not ready to commit. And like, so, it, it you know, your timeline is going to be completely different to everybody else's. So I love that sentiment. Mm, That's yeah, such a great thing to it. say. So for season two, so we're talking about our glow up. Um, so now what we're going to do is we've got, uh, you know, so this is the fan favourite, where you know, people love. So we've got the OnlyFans Lounge. Oh, this is such a genius idea, Bush, that I'm loving it. So if for anyone who's uh, listened to the podcast for the first time, we are obsessed with OnlyFans and we have a secret OnlyFans account we... that no one can find. Nope. Because it doesn't Neither, exist. Neither can we. <laughs> I was say, exactly. We can't find login. it. I know. We, we still can't find the login for it, can we? <laughs> so we've decided like to call this section of the podcast the OnlyFans Lounge. So it's just oh, kind of like... Wow. It's like having drinks. Having just all, like, we're all, just going to do a little... Mm-hmm. And just like we're just it? drinking water, by the way, before <laughs> people start writing in. Honestly, it's filtered. It's filtered. It's filtered exactly, and mine sparkling. So thank you very much. I think that's an error with the tap. But sorry. <laughs> Did you give me tap water? How dare you? And so the lounge is gorgeous. So we should tell people about the lounge. So it's got like big yeah. leather couch. Yeah, huge uh, leather couch. Dark. Dark. Yes. Black. Black walls. Yes. So the top, what is it? It's kind of very. Um, what's the, what would you describe this as? Like, VIP. Yeah. Um, exclusive. VVIP. VVIP. So exclusive. No one else is allowed in. No. So exclusive that it's just us doing. 
And then there's a lovely big um, OnlyFans in illuminated light on the wall. There is. And it looks great. And there's incredible side lighting. We've got our own personal lighting. And then we've got like um, a mirror, but it's actually a two-way mirror because then like our premium fans can then watch us (laughs) through the mirror. (laughs) While we're recording, whatever we're doing. Oh gosh, imagine being, you know, because in some houses that people do that in the basement, sex dungeons and stuff like that. One of my clients told me. You know, one of my, so uh, this is like, this is the real tea. I mean, this is the kind of tea that you'd get on our OnlyFans podcast. Remember one of my friends actually hooked up with someone once and like um, went to their house and when they went downstairs, this person had like a a dungeon. dungeon. Yeah. And they fully partook in all the facilities and implements that were available. You know what you need to do? You need to get to season 10 of Real Housewives of Atlanta. There is a sex dungeon in there. <laughs> oh, really? That is a huge, that is the core theme of the drama in that season, oh my I think. Gosh. Maybe it's season 12. You need to get on that. I really do. I, I will, I will. Because I mean, the only thing that I really knew was from Sex and the City when there's a sex swing. Do you remember that Samantha gets on? When was she not on a swing? <laughs> then let the swing breaks as well. And I was just like, that's Samantha Jones. Like our all, our all-star icons. I love it. Oh, goodness. So, Bush, why don't you remind all of our wonderful listeners of the socials? Yes. So if you've heard anything today that you want to kind of pick up and talk about, if you want to try and sue us, come at us. We're ready for you. <laughs> You're going to check us, boo. Exactly. Or if you want to share any funnies or anything like that, you can get in touch with us on social. So on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok, we are at The Podcast Is Mine. And on Twitter, we are Podcast Is Mine. <laughs> and if you prefer good old email, we, you can email us at thepodcastismine at gmail.com. And if you want to send a pigeon, just well, you know, it'll find us, won't it? Because yeah. that's what the pigeon, that's how people have to do it, you know, pigeons, smoke signals, all that kind of thing. But um, I think there's only one other thing that we really need to cover in this top uh, podcast. And that is... The podcast is mine. No, no, it's mine. 